Welcome to the Feel Good Running Podcast. No matter what level runner you are, and whether you prefer road or trail running or both, you will find this podcast informative, motivating, inspiring, and entertaining. We have interesting guests, running-related information, inspirational stories about real runners, and much more. Now, here's your host and a longtime runner himself, Jim Lynch. Hi, runners. How you doing? Well, welcome to spring. You know what? I was running this morning, and guess what I heard? Birds. Birds here in Denver. I think spring is here, and we're almost at 80 degrees today. How awesome is that, huh? My name is Jim Lynch, and this is my podcast, Feel Good Running. This is episode number 77. I'd like to welcome you to it. And if you're brand new, you hit a great episode. And if you're a regular listener to my podcast, thank you so much. And if you can do me a favor and share this with your running friends and on your social media networks, I would really appreciate it. See, I don't spend any advertising dollars to promote my podcast. I'm doing it organically. And organically, it grows because of you, the listener, sharing it with other runners. So again, if you can do me a solid and share this with your running friends and on your social media networks, I'd appreciate it. This is going to be an amazing episode because I interviewed Ben Reisinger. You have no idea who Ben Reisinger is unless you live here in Denver and you're listening to this podcast and you're connected into the running community here. An amazing, amazing person. And I'll get to that in just a minute. I'm not going to mess around. not going to talk about a lot of stuff today. I just want to mention, as I've been mentioning in the last few episodes, that the Maui Marathon will be live and held on Sunday, April 24th. I'm the course director for this year's event, and we are ready to go. And even with the two-year hiatus due to the pandemic, our registrations are coming in strong. That's amazing because it's uh, like six days after the Boston Marathon. So think about taking a vacation out in Maui. It's on April 24th. That's our race. And we have a full marathon, marathon relay, half marathon, and a 10 and 5K race. Just think of how much fun you'd have out there checking out the island and having some good food and swimming in the ocean and snorkeling and paddle boarding and possibly, possibly even seeing a whale because it's getting to the very end of the whale season. But there could be a few stragglers out there at that time. So if you want to run one of our races, if you go out there, you can get a discount, a 25% discount. And all you have to do is go to MauiMarathon.com and register and put in the code FEELGOODRUNNING25. That's FEELGOODRUNNING25. It's all, it's case sensitive, all lowercase. Now this applies to the marathon and the half marathon. It does not apply to the marathon relay, 10K or 5K races. So just think about the wonderful vacation you could have in Maui, Hawaii in three weeks, three and a half weeks. I don't know, something like that, four weeks, but it's close. Anyway, let's move on. It has been a while since I've had a guest on my podcast and I have a very special treat for you this episode. A little over a week ago, the running group I belong to, Runner's Edge of the Rockies here in Denver, had its weekly Saturday run. Now, each week we run from different locations around the Denver area. And for that run, it was held from Runner's Roost Running Store, which is the one in Lakewood, Colorado. There's several of them out here in the Denver area, but this was the Lakewood Runner's Roost Store. And it was a joint run with the Colfax Marathon and their ambassadors. So we had a larger group that day. And it was really a pleasure to meet some new runners. And the ambassadors were awesome. They were giving out some swag and even provided some burritos and coffee at the end. Yum. Yeah, it was good stuff. So as I was enjoying some coffee after the run in the store, my friend Ted pulled me aside and introduced me to Ben Reisinger, whose story blew me away. I had to hold myself back from asking Ben too many questions because right then and there, I said to Ben, you need to be on my podcast and right away. I'm going to arrange it. And I did last Wednesday. I contacted Bobby Hernandez, store manager from Runner's Roost on Colorado Boulevard. 
and asked him if I could use the media room to interview Ben, which he graciously said, of course, Jim. All of the Runner's Roost stores here in Denver are awesome. If you're ever out here, check them out. They're great stores. So let's get back to Ben. In 2015, Ben weighed 375 pounds. Now, take a second and imagine 375 pounds. What does that look like? That is quite large, isn't it? Now, imagine a sub three-hour marathoner. They don't mix, do they? It's like putting a square peg in a round hole. Doesn't fit. Well, last year, 2021, Ben ran a two-hour and 52-minute marathon at the Bay State Marathon in Lowell, Massachusetts. Comprehend that, huh? Hard to imagine 375 pounds and a two-hour and 52-minute marathon. It's crazy. Well, this is an amazing story, and Ben is an inspiration to many. And now you will hear his story. Here is me talking to the incredible, inspirational, amazing, yes, amazing sub-three-hour marathoner, Ben Reisinger. Thank you for coming in, Ben. Really appreciate it. You're, uh, you're a pretty amazing guy. Your story is absolutely phenomenal. And it's one of these stories that when I met you last Saturday at Runner's Roost in Lakewood, I had to talk to you. I had to get you on the podcast because Feel Good Running is a podcast for the everyday runner. And even though you're a little bit above that now, your story on how you got there is just absolutely amazing. Let's just start off. Tell me about your life prior to 2015. What was your life like? Um, so I'm an engineer. I went, I grew up here in Denver, Colorado. I uh, went to high school, Mullen High School. And then I did engineering at uh, Colorado School of Mines. And prior to college, I'd been skinny, like kind of in that skinny, but big, but not really, not really that big. In- what's, what's skinny? I, I was probably under 200 pounds, okay. like, um, you know, six feet, 200. And then in college, I slowly put on the weight, but it wasn't really out of control. But then once I graduated and then I started working and I worked in Wyoming for a year and then I moved over to Australia you know, it was, I was working out in the field as an engineer and it was, you know, working that field experience, like on the, I was working on a mine site in both places and it was very, you know, I did not have a healthy lifestyle and it just kind of, you know, over the course of years, I just slowly kind of gained weight to whereby. 2015, I was 375 pounds and it gets to the point where you just, you know, you're getting bigger, but I don't think you actually like realize how big you are. Um, and you know, looking back in photos, you know, I saw like right before the days where I started to go on my weight loss journey, I was kind of like, man, you were, you were really big. Like I don't think you actually realized at the time how big you were. So that was kind of my life. So what what was it about you were working a lot and just ate unhealthy and, you know, just didn't take care of yourself, didn't have a chance to exercise because you were working all the time? Yeah, that was pretty much, you know, I, I'd never, I mean, even, even growing up, you know, I played sports, but realistically i wasn't working out other than maybe going to practice or anything so there wasn't a you know i i guess you could say i got away with it growing up because i was young so i i played baseball growing up and that you know i played throughout high school but then i didn't make the team in college i was like well i 
don't really have any reason to work out. And I went through engineering school and it, I feel like I was studying constantly for four years. And, you know, not that that's an excuse because I definitely know now, like I could have found time to work out. But it wasn't a priority then. Exactly. And that was kind of the start of my career too, as I was really focused on getting ahead in my career and I was working long hours and it, it wasn't really a priority for me to prioritize my health. And I think kind of a turning point was I was down in Australia and in like October 2014, they were doing a bit of a restructure of the company and kind of noticed that a lot of the, you know, what I'd been looking toward, I was, you know, I, I had kind of said like, oh, in five years, I'll be here, 10 years, I'll be here. But then when they restructured everything, it was kind of like, I don't know you know, all these plans I had, even career wise, I don't know what's going to happen. And a lot of my friends were leaving and it was sort of the point where I decided to just take a bunch of time off right then and there and go back to Denver. So I took six weeks off of work. This is from Australia, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I sort of had a bit of a you know, I kind of people talk about like during COVID, they took a step back. This was kind of my taking a step back with, you know, restructuring the company. They put me in a new role. And so I kind of took a step back and said, I'm just going to reevaluate my life. And when I went back to Colorado, I met up with people I went to high school with, just kind of walking around the area, walking around downtown. And I kind of was liking what I was seeing. You know, even though I grew up in Denver, it had changed a lot since I had last lived there. I get it. I, I left here in 2012 and moved back uh, in 2020. <laughs> and I can't believe the change in Denver. So I can understand how you felt when you saw the changes here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it was it, it was just this interesting thing, like. There was actually a moment where I was walking around Denver and somebody, they got off work and they were headed to like a yoga class. And it was just this thing. It just seemed so simple. But I was like, you know, that seems really cool. Like you go off work, you get off work and you just go to like a fitness class. And yeah, and I just saw how young and fit everybody was around Denver. And I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like this is the city I grew up in. So from that six weeks back in Denver, I figured out that I, I said, I need to lose this weight. And the only way I'm going to do it is to get back to Denver. Yeah. So let me ask you, you know, you got some interesting genetics going on here. Is it in your family genetics being heavier? Or is this something that you just let get out of control because of work and just not exercising and doing all that? Yeah, it's actually not in my family genetics to be bigger. Um, so like my my dad's very fit. My mom's very fit as well. Like we have good athletic genes. Um, you know, my dad played football, basketball and track in high school and he played football in college as well. So um, it's. It, it's something that, yeah, it just wasn't, I just got out of control, basically. So, so you have hidden genetics that were inside of you that you had the ability to to really excel athletically, but you had all those layers. How heavy were you at the peak? So right before I went on my like day one, I weighed in myself and I was like, 375.6 or something. So 375. And that's your peak, huh? Yeah. Somewhere on like a desktop, I have a picture of a scale, the scale from that morning where it said that. Like, so it was kind of a, I, I just decided like, I'm, I've never seen a number this high before. I'm just going to take a picture of it. And I never see anything higher than that. Yeah. So. Wow. 
you know, I can understand how you feel when you're 375 and it creeps up on you, but you don't really notice it because you're just living your life. And then when you came back to Denver and saw everybody that was physically fit and because this is a really healthy city, how'd you feel? Definitely, you know, you feel out of place, but it isn't something, even being that big, I still didn't realize how big I was at the time. So, you know, if you're walking around and you're that big, you don't like, you know, I see pictures of myself now and yeah, again, you see, you're like, wow, I was really big, but you don't actually realize it. And, you know, maybe if I would have known how big I was, I probably would have like reacted to different situations differently. Um, but yeah, it is kind of a thing where, you know, I, I knew I was big, but I didn't fully realize how big I was until now. Well, um, you know, what's a, an advantage to yourself. I think where you about 28 years old when you came back to Denver or somewhere in that 27, yeah, 28. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think I just turned like, 26 when I, or was I 20? Yeah, 27 when I got back here. So, so yeah. you had, you know, youth on your side. And so you were able to do things. Whereas if somebody like myself was that big, I'd have a real problem because sure. of my age. And so you saw the yoga class. You said, wow, that's really cool. I think I could work and then go to a fitness class. That's really awesome. What was the trigger? What was it that running came into your life? How did that all happen? Well, it's interesting because running didn't actually come until much later. Um, and it was sort of, I guess you could say by accident, but kind of, you know, I had always, I'd always been good at running, but it was something that, you know, my, my dad's run multiple marathons too, and he's run for 40 years. But it was it's always been something that I pushed to the side, like, oh, you know, running or and I think it was um, basically when I start. So at the start of 2015, I did when I got back to Australia, I did a lot of research on. So I didn't actually immediately start dieting. I decided to do a lot of research on um on how to do this weight loss thing. And so I did things like I would go to McDonald's and I would actually sit there and like study the habits of healthier individuals versus non-healthier individuals. And I would like write them down and I would realize like the people that the unhealthier individuals were kind of, they weren't really like focusing on their eating and you know, people that were healthier, they, I mean, in addition to eating healthier, they, I could, I was more focused on like, they really focused on what they were eating. They weren't just mindlessly like putting it in their mouths. I was really into that. So I did a lot of studying with that. I wasn't really focused too much on the exercise thing. I just knew at first I really needed to get this food thing under control so kind of initially I did a little bit of research and mapping it out for, for like three months. And then April 1st, I actually decided to just start, like, let's just start this. So initially for exercise, I just started by walking mm -hmm. and I would do it to where you know, I'd wear all black clothes at night and I would go at night so people wouldn't see me. Um, so I would just walk around the neighborhood for about an hour. Initially, I had tried to do biking, but it's that realization I hadn't biked in like a couple years. And when you try, you realize how big you are when you try to hop on a bike. Yeah. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even pedal here like so, you know, I tried a number of things like I, I tried doing stairs, I tried doing basic activities, but I realized I, I needed to get down below 300 
to even have a chance at this. So I started by walking and kind of in that time, just focus on getting the eating under control and uh, also getting back to the U.S. So I was, you know, putting out job applications, trying to get back to the U.S. And uh, so that was kind of my focus for most of 2015. Let's step back for a second, because I think that I've never heard anybody say that they studied people's eating habits and you did for three months. That must be the engineering, engineering <laughs> you. Yeah. But, uh, but that's very interesting because most people, they'll just join Weight Watchers or they'll go on some sort of diet willy nilly. And um, you really studied it. And I think that's really admirable because never heard about that before. So good, good on you on that. But why did you decide to go at night in all dark clothes? Was it uh, because you just didn't want to be seen by anybody embarrassed or what, what was the reasoning behind that? Definitely, you know, part of that. And, you know, I'd, I'd had bad experiences at the gym previously. I had a um, personal trainer down in Australia who gave up on me and like, it was very, you know, very bad experiences. And, you know, not that my, my my friends were very supportive, but it's just, you know, the people that weren't my friends that were very um, harsh and it's hard. Like it's very, you know, it's hard being the big person at the gym. Like it's it, for, for whatever reason, I wasn't so aware of it. Like if I was at work or if I was at like a party with friends or whatever, I, I wasn't so aware of it being that big in those situations. But when you go to the gym or you go to like any kind of fitness area, that's when you're definitely aware of like, you're really big. And, you know, honestly, I really didn't want to make a big deal about it. So I really didn't tell too many people that I was trying to lose weight because I'd kind of done that in the past. And, when things are going great, they're going great. But once, you know, you start to hit a snag and then you start to put pressure on yourself and, you know, it just kind of falls apart. So I kind of said, you know, what? I'm just not going to make a big deal out about this. I'm just going to do this and see what happens. Um, so, yeah, that was that was part of the reason why I just did it at night and. It's interesting because uh, the last episode or one of the recent episodes that I did, uh, there was a story that I did on a woman and she'll only run in the morning, you know, before the sun comes up because she doesn't want anybody to see her. Mm. And she stopped running for a while and then she started back up again and, you know, she's doing pretty well, but to this day, she will not run during the day. It has to be in the morning before the sun comes up. And I can understand that. I can understand what it's like at the gym because, you know, people are judgmental sometimes and I don't want to make it sound bad for people listening out there, but there is some arrogance at the gym with some people. And um, I can understand how you felt, but you had the mental fortitude to work through that. And that is probably how you're a successful runner these days, <laughs> you know, because you get it's a mental game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how long did it take you to get under 300 pounds? So pretty much the I really focused on it the rest of 2015. And so I did get to about 300 by the start of 2016. And I started to realize that it wasn't the weight was no longer coming off just by walking. And so I had done, you know, more research about how to lose weight. And I, you know, when you hit a plateau, you have to find something else. And so I had actually in like around that time, I had moved into an apartment in Lakewood and I, there used to be a futon store there. And so I needed like I just moved halfway across the world 
and I needed a futon. So I just went to a store while that it was replaced by a kickboxing gym. I, I went in there by mistake and I just got a really good vibe talking to the people there that I was kind of like, okay, like I didn't really have a plan of, you know, what this, how this whole weight loss thing was going to go, but I got a really good vibe from this and they sent me all this information and so that was actually my first experience to kind of group fitness classes. And that was really good because going to the gym, you've got people that are really in shape, very intimidating. But in kickboxing, it's all shapes and sizes, all ages, everybody's, you know, in the same, everybody's trying to do the same thing. And so I was like, you know, I took, they let me take a class for free. After that first class, I was like, this is going to work. You were hooked. Um, <laughs> and it was funny because they said, they said, well, how many times, how many times a week are you going to come in? Like maybe three days a week. And I said, how many days are you open? Or open six days a week. I'm. I said I'm coming in every single coming day. Six days. Like it was. <laughs> it, it was funny looking back on that because they were like, "Whoa, you took like you took one class and you're gonna come in six days a week." I was like, "Yep, I'll be here every single day." And it was that was how that was a real change. That was re- really when it started coming off that nine months where I was going six days a week. It was. I wasn't drinking. I was I was barely having cheat meals at all. I was so honed in. It came the weight was coming off so fast like so. Yeah. You started by walking and then you did kickboxing. I never did kickboxing. I don't know what it's like, but if I did it now I'd probably be in the hospital. <laughs> it, <laughs> you're actually uh it's not actually uh like where you're sparring with anybody. You're just hitting a bag. So yeah. it's um it, it it is more like on the fitness side instead of um like I don't think I could actually like it, it I don't think I could actually like fight somebody. Right, but, right, right. Um yeah, but uh it it was very good for in terms of weight loss like there's not too many activities I would put. I don't think I would put any above it. And I probably wouldn't even put running above it. And I think the only reason I say that is, is that like, um, I think for where I was at, like it was very low impact. So it was, you know, in terms of staying like injury free or, you know, working all parts of the body. It was really good because we did, you know, arms, legs, abs, you know, in addition to the hit style to where, you know, it was very safe. I never got injured. Plus, it uh, elevated your heart rate, too. Exactly. Which that probably prompted a lot faster weight loss. Yeah. I think when I read the article um, in 2017, that was written about you uh, regarding the Colfax Marathon. Prior to that marathon, you lost 195 pounds. Yes. So I I hadn't actually even started running until probably the fall, like the fall of 2016. So even though I ran my first marathon in spring 2017, may, may have. Yeah. I had not run basically at all until yeah, November 20, 2016. So. What what was the uh, moment that you said to yourself, I'm going to run a marathon? And and how did you start running? Did you get immediately a coach or did you just start out running a mile or whatever you could do at that time? So it was actually a, you know, back in 2015 when I had originally started it was actually a goal i had set because uh one a guy i worked with a couple guys i worked with down in australia they had run marathons and 
you know, I had always heard like marathon and at, at the time you're like, wow, that seems like a really <laughs> long way. I mean, as runners, like it's, you know, I know lots of people I've done multiple marathons, I've, but just finishing it is, it is it, a long way, Ben. If you're not a runner, a marathon seems like an eternity. So I kind of said to myself, I was like, that'd be really cool to run one someday. I didn't know how this was going to turn out. But then in the fall of 2016, you know, I'd kind of been interested in running, but it's always been a love-hate relationship. And so actually um a woman who I'd done uh kickboxing with, she uh she worked for the Denver Nuggets and she was running or uh like the Denver Nuggets 5K. And she said, hey, you should just sign up. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, And it was kind of funny because, you know, they most, this just showed how the kind of person I was, you know, most people do like couch to 5Ks or whatever. Right. I mean, I had done some pretty high levels of cardio for, nine months doing kickboxing, but you know, I hadn't run. I, I, I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I should probably run beforehand. I never did. And I just ran the race and I did well enough to where I think I finished in like 2352. And I, I had no idea for a 5k for a 5k. Not bad. Um, at altitude, I guess. And um, I had no idea. And like, I didn't even know what pace it was until I saw my results. I was like, oh, 742 pace. Like, I think that's decent. Like, I, I can't remember running a mile faster than that. And that's very decent pace. <laughs> like, it was, it was one of those things like, I talked to people afterwards and they said, you did that with no training. Like you, I think if you actually like trained, you could, you could really be good at this. And so I, I still kind of was like, okay, whatever. Cause yeah, I, you know, growing up, I had always been one of the faster people running the mile in elementary school, but playing schoolyard games, you know, I, I'd always been like the fastest person out there, but again, you never think anything of it. Well, that's, Um, that's where your genetics come in. And I think, uh, well, there's a quote or something that you mentioned in an article that when you went to see a doctor, he gave you these words of advice, think like a fit person. That's exactly right. Yeah. Obviously, you were working towards thinking like a fit person. Now, you ran the 2017 Colfax Marathon. It was probably a very good experience, but it wasn't a good experience based on uh, the fact that you walked the last 10, 11 miles and came in at 547.39. But you also wore a shirt, too, with your before and after picture on it. Tell me about that marathon and what went through your mind while you were running it? What happened? I think there was an IT band issue that you had. And what was it like walking the last 11 miles? And then when you crossed the finish line, how did you feel? So this was kind of the point of running where I didn't really understand the sport and, you know, was sort of entering the sport. So I had just run a 5k and didn't actually even probably didn't even run for like the next month afterwards. And then for whatever reason, I was making my goals for, you know, I kind of started to see with kickboxing, like, you know, it was great and everything, but you know, I wasn't going to be like going into UFC or anything. So I kind of saw the end in sight with goals. 
And so I def I saw running as an opportunity. And of course, the first thing you do, oh yeah, let's run a marathon. So I ran a 5K. Okay, let a marathon shouldn't be that hard. And you're only adding 23 miles onto yeah, it, you know. <laughs> just again, how naive I was at the time. Like, uh, yeah. And so I decided to, I think it was like mid-December 2016, I Went into Runner's Roost. It, it had always been there growing up, you know, so I knew it were, where it was. And, you know, the first time I went in there, I was looking for some shoes and, you know, they they said, yeah, you know, we have a uh, we have a run club on Thursdays, you know, the Belmar Run Club. I think, you'd, you know, I, I, I was like, you know, I want to run a marathon and don't know really really know what to do. And they said, yeah, come to run club. And, you know, and of course mine, I was like, do you have to have like a time trial to qualify or they're, they were like, no, like just show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, I showed up and, you know, I had, I, I, I did the training. Like, I think I did 20, it was like a 20 week training and I was getting pretty fast, pretty quickly. So the first, you know, probably 10 weeks of the training, probably even, I don't know, maybe even three months of the training were, went really well. I was doing very well in races, already aid, getting age groups. And it was kind of one of those things that was too good to be true. And I realized, you know, putting that much strain on your body, especially as somebody who had only been running for three months, you know, I mean, I was doing, you know, 16 mile long. We're really killed. It. I, I did like a 16 mile long run at like an eight minute pace, which again, for someone now, like that's not, that bad but back then that was a lot of strain on my body and that uh ultimately is what got me injured was running hard too much too often and unfortunately that resulted in me kind of you know limping to the race and ultimately i my it band got the best of me to where I ran 16 miles, but then I had to walk the last 10 and it was not, it was not a fun. It was a miles. death march. It was, it was definitely like, and you How know, were you doing before that? What were your, what was your pace for the first 16? I think I did like, cause I realized that if I ran anything under over like a nine minute or under a nine minute mile that my T band was going to flare up. So I focused on keeping it at like nine minute miles, which is just an interesting thing because I was barely breathing, but I just knew that like, if I went any faster, my body was gonna. So it's just an interesting race of like, I've never had a race like that since where you're not breathing hard. You're, you're fine. It's just, your body is just, like in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have run that race. It, it was still good to do. And it was kind of a, you know, a, a self-fulfilling thing of like, hey, I did something I never thought I would be able to do. And I did it faster or I did it in only two years. Like I was 375 two years ago and now I ran a marathon. So I think I think I proved to myself that Hey, you know, you, you went through a lot here in two years. And the fact that you were able to accomplish this in two years, I think if you, I, I think there's a lot more you can accomplish. When you crossed the finish line of the Colfax that year, did you feel satisfied or did you feel like, okay, I, I had this issue. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to figure out ways to get better and not get injured and, I'm going and I'm going to slay another race here. I think it was one of those things like I, I was definitely happy I finished the race. Um, but at, at the same time, I was a little disappointed because it was, you know, it's not fun to be injured, but 
to, you know, have to walk a significant amount of it was very difficult. And I knew I was capable of much more. And I think what meant a lot to me is when I fit, when I finished, I mean, it's basically the back of the pack. I wasn't last, but I was probably were only about maybe 20 people behind me. Yeah. Because it was a six-hour cutoff, right? And you were worried about making that six-hour cutoff. Yeah. And so, but I think the thing that meant a lot to me was there was a lot of people who they didn't care what time I finished. Like my current coach, you know, he's a Boston qualifier, he's a very fast runner himself. He texted me and then he called me, said, you know, you're a marathoner now. And it was very... That was something I didn't expect about the running community. And it's definitely not all of the running community, but there are people out there that doesn't matter what time you run, I finished the race and there were people still there. There were, you know, my friends were still there. My coaches were still there. And I don't forget stuff like that. You know, I get asked to be coached all the time, but I, always think about back to that time where my coach current coach wanted to coach me when I was a you know almost a six hour marathoner right and that's sort of what you know I really hold the heart you know not just with running but with weight loss is people who have stuck with me throughout the whole time like my dad for example you know he was he was with me the entire race like he got me Gatorade you know he saw when I was struggling you know Like, so that's sort of the thing I kind of take with me in life. So even though that race wasn't successful, I think I really found out, you know, who was really in my corner from that race. Because, again, it's really easy to write an article about the winner of the race, you know, who's this amazing person by the way Brittany Charbonneau won the race and she's a great friend of mine <laughs> so I she is an amazing Brittany. her she's so, an amazing woman yeah so it, it definitely like you know if you win the race you're amazing um but i think it's harder to write an article or stand in somebody's corner if they're back of the pack or overcoming struggles and so i personally believe you know that there's there's people out there that are gifted runners like Brittany and and others and yeah it's easy to write an article about them but the real gift of the running the sport of running is the people that are out there that are doing something that they never thought they would be able to do in their lives and those are the real stories back there you were the real story back there because of how you got to that race and what you were doing. I believe the coach that you had said something to the effect, if you follow what I tell you, I can make you a fast runner. So my coach is Jeff Wong. Uh, So I met him at Runner's Roost Lakewood. So that was where uh, the Belmar Run Club met every Thursday. Right. And the thing that caught my attention to him was, you know, I first saw him you know, you wouldn't think that he was like a really fast runner. But, you know, when people told me like he's run this time and he was a really humble guy too. like, if you, you know, if he didn't tell you, he like you wouldn't have known like he's run a 241 marathon. And that immediately I said, this guy, you know, has had to really work to get where he is. I would rather have a coach like that than someone who's genetically gifted, you know, hasn't had to work hard for anything. And so that was what initially attracted me to him. And you being an engineer, you probably analyzed the marathon and he fit what you were looking for from what you just said, but he also could put a good plan together and he would stick with you. So let's jump to October 17th of 2021 in Lowell, Massachusetts, the Bayside Marathon. So 2017, you ran the 547.39 and then COVID hit and every, the running world went into, you know, boom. I mean, you still had a couple of years that you could, you did probably did a lot of smaller races, half marathons and all that. 
But what's really impressive, and I want everybody that's listening to sit down, because at that race, you ran a two-hour, 52-minute, and 49-second marathon and came in 30th overall, and you qualified for Boston. That is phenomenal. And can you tell me how you went from 2017, and I understand you had the IT ban issue, and you probably would have had a better marathon if that wasn't the case. But how did you get to run a 252.49? That's amazing, Ben. That just blows my mind. Yeah, um, it definitely didn't happen overnight for sure. Um, yeah, so basically after the race, I talked to Jeff and he said, let's take a month off and let's heal this IT band and then, you know, we'll figure out our goals from there. So I took a month off, IT band got healed and then, you know, we started training and he taught me how to run, basically. I mean, you know, it, it sounds silly to say that, but it's like there's definitely a wrong way to run and right ways to run. And, you know, he said, so he basically came up with a training schedule and then based off of my fitness, he came up with, you know, my paces to do workouts and the first race I ran was the Broncos 7K under him. And it blew my mind that I could run a 7K at the time under 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, I ran a 642 pace for a 7K. We trained for two months and you got me to this point. Um, that was sort of a real confidence booster. And then, you know, I ran a 131 at the Madison half marathon. So that was sort of the goal race of that year. That was sort of my goal all along was to run a 131. But and you've gotten down to even a 120 half marathon. I have, yeah. So kind of the interesting thing that happened after that race was I, I was getting so much faster, like immediately you know, obviously <laughs> I wish I was getting that much faster now. Um, but, uh, at the end of the year I ran it, my goal was to get my 5k under 20 minutes at altitude. I ran the, I think it was the resolution 5k at the end of the year. And I think I ran a 1910, which again, defied every expectation I had. What year was that? It was at the very end of 2017. Got it. Okay. And then two days later, I got hurt. Mm. And so I had a labral tear in my hip and it was bad enough to where I tried off and on and it just didn't heal. So I had to have surgery and I actually was out most of 2018. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout that entire time, I was kind of wondering if I was going to stick with running. And at the start of 2019, I was back to, you know, full strength. I actually went out to California with, so that was my first kind of, uh, what they call it runcation. Yeah. So I trained a lot coming back from a major injury like that. I was really only running five K's. Just, uh, you know, I didn't want to do anything longer than that. And so I did some local 5Ks and then I ran down in uh, California on a runcation with a number of friends. And I uh, actually ran like a 1744 for a 5K. So that was a really big confidence booster because I had never seen like you know, sixes were pretty cool to see on a watch. Seeing fives on a watch yeah, I know. for miles, you're like, wow, this is really cool. Um, I did the Boulder Boulder. Uh, I guess that would be almost three years ago now. And I got the, I did break 40 minutes in the, in the Boulder Boulder. So I had to get the t-shirt for that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're aware, they, they actually give you a t-shirt if you break 40 minutes in the boulder boulder really? so yeah it's uh kind of cool i didn't even know about it until like i was training for it and i was like well i i guess we got to go for it so i just uh some of your 2020 races uh smaller races you did the labor 
Labor Day 5K, and that was 1905. But then you did the Welcome Back Denver when I think that was the first race that uh, Cree, Kelly, and Lonnie put on in 2020 when we were able to run again and get the permits and, you know, be able to have a race. But you did that in 1717. That's, uh, that's fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, yeah. You know, some of them, I look at them, I'm like, you know, did I, I it is definitely like, even now it's like, did I actually run? <laughs> must be lonely up there. <laughs> I didn't win the race, but yeah. you didn't, but you did. You came in fourth place, but you came in third place at the snowman stampede of February this year. And you did that. That was a 10K in 38.23. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, my PRs are getting pretty, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what I expected at the start of this process. It is a good feeling to see that, you know, the hard work that you put in does pay off. So it's kind of interesting because this is something that you said in the article after Colfax, you continue to run because it's a part of a lifestyle and it certainly became part of your lifestyle. I mean, qualifying for Boston, running a sub three marathon. What's your plans now? I know you're going to run Boston this year. You know, I'm I'm actually running Boston in 2023. Oh, okay. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was this year, but that's still good yeah i i kind of wanted to wait a year um like i when i ran the bay state marathon in boston well in lowell which is just outside of boston i kind of wanted to wait a little bit before going back um and there's a number of goals outside of the marathon that i want to accomplish you know something that's eluded me a couple times is the sub 80 minute half marathon i've gotten close probably three times and uh it's just kind of been one of those things that has just eluded me all three times unfortunately it was because of the weather like it was a hundred percent humidity on all three occasions you know i think it's something i really want to focus on this fall is like okay let's pick a race where the weather is not going to be an issue. You Have know. you picked that race yet? You know, I'm I'm looking at, you know, Indie Monumental because um, I actually I what really attracted me to Indie is I actually ran last year in COVID. I had to search the whole country for races and the Carmel Marathon was actually happening last April. And so I raced the 10K. There, conditions were immaculate. Temperature was perfect. No humidity, no wind, nothing. And I ran a 35-33, which exceeded every expectation I had. And then a month later, I ran a 121, which was my first experience not PRing, but it was 70 degrees, 100% humidity on Mm -hmm. the day of the race. That was kind of my first experience of weather is a huge issue if it's especially in a half marathon where I think I need to start looking more at the weather. Yeah. Um, So that's sort of, you know, I'd always kind of remembered that how good the weather was in Indy that day. And I was like, well, you know, I might as well go back. So I think uh, that's that's what I'm targeting right now. But. You never know what these things, so. Stars have to align in races. There's so many variables out there, especially if you're running marathon. Oh, yeah. But I'm not a good heat runner, and every time uh, I go back out to Maui, the humidity kills me. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's just the way the stars align. So we've been talking, and you went from three seventy five. What are you about one forty now? One forty five. I'm I'm around one seventy to one seventy five. Oh, one seventy one seventy five. Okay. Like if I'm, you look like you're about one forty one forty five. Well, th- thanks. I w- I wish, but uh, it's um, yeah. Normally, like right near a race, if it's like a goal race, I'm 
probably closer to like 170 and then you know sort of off season i'm probably closer to 180 yeah um so cool so for the listeners out there because there's a lot of listeners like i said at the beginning this is a podcast for the everyday runner what would you tell folks out there that are listening that are they maybe just got into running maybe in january it was a new year's resolution or maybe they're you know just going through the motions but they're not seeing the results what would be some advice and words of wisdom you can give to listeners out there that you know may want to accelerate and reach their goals yeah i definitely say if you're in terms of running if you're really if you really want it, it does take time. It's not something that, you know, you might see results, a little results immediately, but if you want to get there, it's going to take time and you're going to have to put in, you know, some days you're not going to want to run. I, as much as I love running, there's a lot of days where I look at the run on the schedule and I'm like, I really don't want to do this. Um, but it, you know, I would say, ask a lot of questions to, you know, whether it's a coach or your friends that are runners, but definitely have a good plan. Um, it's not a sport that's, it seems simple, but it's not a simple sport, you know, but the beauty of running is very linear and there's not really too many things linear in, in life, to be honest. I mean, unfortunately sometimes you know you can work as hard as you want and you won't get results or you know you can do you know in whatever activity is but i've found running you can work very hard and really put in the time and you're smart about it you will get the results and you know i think that's something that people when they hear like you, you know i get all the time from people like how did you run a how did you run a marathon at a 634 pace and i say man like if only you knew how much i mean it was 14 weeks of like a lot of miles and a lot of runs i mean you know work waking up at 4 a.m. you know before work to you know, run 14 miles. And I mean, that's not the long run. That's the, that's the workout during the week. I mean, and that, and that's why I think the marathon is so appreciated is, is the amount of time you have to put in like, and, and that's, I, I think that's the beauty and the curse of running is, is that, you know, and weight loss, to be honest, is kind of the same way is, is that if you don't like, if you eat that, donut or whatever it is your body isn't just going to be like your you know your body isn't just not going to see that you know <laughs> like your body remembers it you you're, you don't run when you're supposed to or you don't train you're not going to get results and i think that's the beauty of running and i think that's why it's so hard for some people is because they kind of want to skirt the system they want to like see like oh okay well if i don't run today it'll probably be fine it's like no it's it's not actually <laughs> gotta stick with your um, schedule yeah so i think that's why i tell people is you just have to stick with it it's not something that if you stick with it for a while you start to see like you know, I kind of look around at races sometimes and, you know, you get used to the paces you run. And, you know, sometimes I'll post about like a workout I did. And to me, it doesn't sound that crazy. Like I think over the weekend, I, I did like a tempo long run where I did with warm ups and cool downs. It was like 60 miles, like a 658 pace. And I, I don't think anything of that now but to some people they're like whoa like that is insane um, that's uh i'm one of those some people <laughs> <laughs> and so i think you have to like <laughs> it's funny because yeah you definitely have to take a step back of like i mean even probably a couple years ago that would have been insane um but now it's just business as usual that's the that's the workout and wasn't easy, but I, I did it. So it's kind of, I think that's what like 
to tell people is, is I, I think you would be surprised how if you just stick with it and you just keep putting in, keep showing up, don't make excuses, you will be very surprised how the results will come and you're going to do a lot better than you think. Um, it, it is amazing. And I agree with you on that. I wanted to qualify for Boston. It was in 2002 and I worked all summer. There was a master's runner and he became a coach and he took about six of us, seven of us. And I lived in Virginia at the time and, you know, it was hot and humid out there. And I followed the schedule and I ran the Chicago Marathon in 2002. And I got to about mile 23 and I thought, oh, I'm never going to make it. And I did the aid station. I said, I thought back and I said, you know, you worked so hard this summer. And this guy was, he was a little bit of narcissistic. Uh, he was a little brutal, but um, I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fail here. I had to do a 330. And at that time, you didn't have to have all that buffer. So I did a 328. Okay. Nice. And so I, I qualified and it was one of the best, most satisfying marathons that I did when I crossed the finish line. I never felt so good, so accomplished, so proud of myself, but it was all the work that I put in and it was with other people. I'm a real proponent of running groups and runners roost in Lakewood, you know, where they have their running group and here. Thank you, Bobby, by the way, for letting us use the facilities here at runners roost on Colorado Boulevard. It's something when you're training with people too. And if you're having a tough time doing it yourself, find some people to train with. Go join a running group. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. During the summer, that was, you know, something I did a lot of um, was, you know, finding running groups, finding a running partner for, you know, to train with, to do long runs with. Did you run with Brittany? Did she, was she your training partner? <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I, I didn't actually do any long runs. I have run with Brittany before, but we didn't do any long runs together. Um, yeah, it was a friend of mine. Uh, he uh, would pace me on his bike, which, um, you know, it was, it, that's kind of cool that, um, you know, we would just chat for, you know, hours about, anything really. And, uh, you know, uh, and so like he, he and I would run together and then some people, you know, I would just other people I would run with, there'd sometimes be running groups. And it was really, I think this fall, the marathon training this fall was a lot of fun in that, you know, races were coming back for the first time. And so I think that's what made it cool is most times of the year, you know, people aren't necessarily training for a marathon. They might be doing like a half marathon or, you know, 10K or whatever. But because races had been delayed for so long, this was it, it almost seemed like everybody was training for a marathon this yeah. fall. Yeah, no, it's um, running has become very popular over COVID. So it's nice for our sport. Oh, yeah. And I, here in Colorado, like you can't be running in the summer, like it's 60 degrees, it's beautiful weather, no humidity. And I mean, obviously training at altitude and going down to sea level is pretty great too. But, um, well, I just, uh, I'm, uh, you're, you are an inspiration to a lot of people. And I know oh, you thanks. mentioned that you're, you get humbled when people say that, but but you are. Your story is amazing. What you've accomplished is amazing. You put in the work and look where you are. It's uh, it's incredible. So good luck to you. I'll keep track of you and I'm sure I'll see you around. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we met last Saturday and I'm so glad that you're on the podcast. I haven't done an interview in a long time. Don't have a lot of time to do those, but I'm glad you're, you got me re-inspired to start doing more interviews now in uh, my podcast. <laughs> absolutely. No, thank, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I'm always honored to talk. It's, it's not easy, but like a, a, truly anybody can do it. Like it's, 
that's why I tell people all the time, you know, I, I hear so many people say like, oh, I can never do that. And I always kind of say like, why not? You know, it's not, anybody can do this. It's just, but it's a lot of hard work. It, so. it, it's, it's a lot of hard work. And then, you know, you get the results that you put in. If you don't do it, you don't do a training, you're not gonna, you're gonna get out there and you're gonna implode. But if you're prepared when you get to that start line, you gotta have a good race unless you have an injury or something. Yeah. So, well, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, runners, amazing, huh? Well, here's some words of wisdom from Ben for you to remember. Running takes time. Have a good training plan. Keep to your schedule and put in the work even when you don't want to. Ask questions of your coach or running friends. Running seems simple, but it's not a simple sport. But remember what Ben said. Running is linear. If you work really hard, put in the time, and you are smart about it, you will see results. And that goes for everyone. And Ben has proven that. Ben is an inspiration, and you cannot help but get recharged and re-motivated when you listen to him. It's such a pleasure to have the time to talk to him, and I'm excited to see what he will accomplish in the future. I think it will be amazing. All right, it's time for the inspirational running quote for this episode. As you know, each episode, I like to share a running quote with you. Take these running quotes to heart and think about them during your next run. This episode, I will share a quote that Ben wore on a shirt during the 2017 Colfax Marathon with pictures of him before and after the weight loss. There are different variations of this quote with many different assumed authors, so I'm not going to credit the quote. Here it is. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. Let that sink in. Let's take a second. Let it sink in. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. How true is that? And that applies to anything in life, not just running. This quote is true for Ben. Is it true for you also? If it is, let me know your story. You can share your story with me by sending me an email to jim at feelgoodrunning.com. I would really love to hear your story and I'd welcome it. Well, runners, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, again, please share it with your running friends and on your social media networks. That would be fabulous. So keep on running and reaching your goals. And remember to always be kind to everyone, even if some are not kind back to you. In these scary times with what's going on in the world, especially Ukraine, kindness is more important now than ever. It will absolutely make a difference by you, that's you, making a difference. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please consider sharing this podcast with your running friends and on your social media platforms. To access the show notes, that included all the resources and links for this episode and to access past episodes, go to feelgoodrunning.com. Until next time, keep motivated, keep focused, and keep on running. It is sure to make you, well, feel good. <laughs>